A software engineer's core deliverables are individual commits and the pull requests they aggregate into. A metric like the number of lines of code in a commit is not informative at all in a vacuum. But in total, the code and the metadata about the code found in tracking systems presents a rich data set with great promise for analysis and productivity optimization insights. Linear B is a systematic approach to engineering improvement. Their Worker B Slackbot connects with teams on an individual level and helps with productivity and collaboration. In this episode, I speak with Dan Lines, co-founder and COO of Linear B. Dan, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Awesome. Thanks for having me here. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience coming up as a developer? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a pretty interesting career, I think, in the engineering space. So, of course, I you know have a computer science degree. I went to Villanova University, got my first job at a startup. And I was really lucky because that startup actually became super successful. It was called CloudLock. And in that time frame, I was not only a developer, but I became an engineering team leader and a manager of multiple teams and then a director of engineering and finally actually a VP of engineering. I had a team of about 70 upon acquisition of the company. Well, it's quite a rise. Can you talk a little bit about how that process informed your choices to start Linear B? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so one of the things that was happening for us at that time frame is we were rapidly scaling. So, you know, you're a part of a successful startup company. You start out, I don't know, maybe I took over the team when I had like 20 developers, 15 developers, something like that. Then all of a sudden you have 30, you have 40, you have 50. Eventually, I think we had 70 or, you know, 75 towards the end. And when you have kind of that rapid scale of adding more and more engineers, you start losing transparency of what is going on in my engineering organization. How can I help my people? What do I need to do next to deliver more value or deliver my projects on time? And I just kind of felt as an engineering leader at that time, there was no solution out there that was really helping in that space. And so a lot of those pain points that I experienced drove me to start Linear B. Well, let's jump right into it. What are the services and or products you guys have to offer? Linear B is a platform for engineering teams. So, you know, it's suitable for the VP of engineering or an engineering leader, but it's also highly used by engineering team leaders and very, very much used by developers. At the end of the day, engineering teams that are using Linear B, they will see an improvement in productivity. And what Linear B is actually doing is it will connect into your product management tool, your Git tool, your CI/CD system, and it starts giving you what we call the number one thing, like business alignment. So are we working on the right things? How are our projects progressing. It will show you bottlenecks in your delivery pipeline. Usually cycle time is a metric a lot of people are interested in. How is new value getting out into the hands of our customers? And then we have a super cool thing going on for developers. It's called Worker B, and it's this like really interesting adaptive bot is what we call it. It saves developers, you know, about an hour a day. So when you add up all of this functionality, Again, productivity will increase for engineering organizations. So let's put ourselves in the shoes of a developer whose organization is using Worker B. 
How is my day-to-day development experience affected? How do I interact with that bot? One thing I think that we're all seeing is we're kind of in this remote environment now or some type of hybrid remote environment, right? And so you might be working from home. Maybe some people are in the office. What we're also seeing in the industry is there's a trend towards these micro feedback loops. How quickly can I get my code out to production and how quickly can I get feedback on that code, right? And so the experience for a developer, let's say that you're using Slack. So Worker B is a a Slack bot and it will start giving you different updates about your code. So it might say something like, hey, someone's requested changes for you on the PR, Or someone has assigned you to a PR, did you know that's happening? Other things it will do is let you know if your CICD tests have failed and let you know, okay, if you are assigned to a PR, how long will this take to review? So it's kind of like your personal buddy that's always there watching out for your code and ensuring that it gets out to production as fast as possible. Do you have to take any steps to ensure people don't experience notification fatigue? Yeah. One thing about the way that we designed actually the the notifications, we even took it to the point that we have like a special UX designer come in so that if you do receive a, a notification, you don't even have to click into it. I think we're all like familiar using Slack. You have to go like sometimes when the notifications come in, okay, I have to change what I'm doing. I go in and I have to click and then I read this thing and I kind of lose my context. It's not the case with Worker B. It's like every message is personal, like personally designed so that you can get the information very, very quickly without having to actually click in just when the banner comes across on the upper right-hand side of your screen. And the other thing that I've seen about notification fatigue, actually probably the bigger problem, is when there's only kind of those team-based alerts. So you're getting alerts and you're getting all, all these alerts, but most of them are not for you. There's something to do with engineering as a whole, but it has nothing to do with you. What we did to cut down notification fatigue, you're only going to get notified if it's specifically about your code and you need to take an action. Gotcha. Well, it's built into Slack. That's a common place many organizations exist, so no surprise to think of that as a platform. But it sounds like some of the strength of Worker B is that it's integrating some of my other systems. Do you have a common, I don't know if you've gone so far as to make an acronym out of it, but a common stack of the technologies you see a lot of people having success pulling together with WorkerBee? We cover most, you know, any system stack that most developers are using. But right now you can think about it as any of the Git tools, right? So GitHub, GitLab, Bitbucket, Azure, you know, whatever you're using for Git. It's also going to connect into your project management system. Most people are using Jira. You might be using Clubhouse or whatever else. And then it's actually inherently in your CICD process. Actually, Linear B will pick up on, on your releases. So it's covering you know a majority of the tech stack that developers are, are using day to day. What sorts of data points or observables become available when you adopt Worker B as compared to before when a company maybe isn't using a tool? One of the issues that we have in engineering today or in software development today is that since most of us are working remote and the pace of development is so fast now, a lot of the times engineers just don't have the basic transparency of where their code is in the delivery process. And what I mean by that is 
you might not know that your code has been released to production and maybe some of the tests have passed or some of the tests have failed. You might not know that someone is waiting for you to review a PR. You might not know that someone's requested changes from you. We call it, usually I, I refer to that as idle time, the amount of time waiting. Actually, a majority of the time that is spent on a branch when you're thinking of like how long does it take to get out to production is actually idle time. So one of the things that WorkOB will do for you is actually just give you the awareness. Here's where your code's at. Here's what you need to do next. All of this is happening in real time. And just by doing that alone, you'll find that you'll save time in getting your code out to production, which is at, at the end of the day, what most developers actually want to do. When I put myself in the shoes of a development manager, maybe someone who's doing limited or no coding these days, but has a lot of people to oversee, what's my experience as the manager on a team of people who report to me that are all working with Worker B from Linear B? You know, Worker B and Linear B, you get all of this within the platform. You can come on and you can sign up for free at, as a, a team leader. That's totally fine. So he, here's the thing with being a, a team leader. And I found this when I moved from being a developer to being a team leader, which is one of the biggest jumps. You're kind of asking yourself or you should be asking yourself two things. Do I know what to do next to help my team? Do I have a good understanding of that? Yes or no? And am I doing something immediately to help my developers in their day-to-day -day development practice? So those are kind of the two, I think, main questions, at least, that I was asking myself every day. So what Linear B will do for an engineering team leader, it will highlight to them what they should be doing next to help their team. So I'll, I'll bring up a very important metric for a team leader. It's called cycle time. I think a lot of people have heard about it before. It measures how long is it taking my team to go from coding to release to production of a particular branch. So one thing that Linear B will do for that engineering manager, and this happens all automatically, it will actually highlight in that process of coding, PR open, PR review, PR merge, and then release, where is your team having an issue? Where is the bottleneck? And once you know about that bottleneck, the cool thing is most of what we've designed within WorkerBee, which is the development tool, will actually help unlock that bottleneck or remove that bottleneck when WorkerBee is rolled out or used by the individual developers. So it kind of does two things. It tells a manager, here's, what you, here's the area to focus on. Here's where your team's having trouble. And then it gives them something immediately. Hey, use this worker B adaptive bot with your developer so you can actually solve the problem. And in what ways does worker B help? Uh, we talked a little bit about how much wait time there can be. Maybe you want to minimize on that. What are the actual actions the bot can take to help accomplish those goals? Yeah, so the first thing that, that it's going to do is all of those different stages of cycle time, like we talked, it's going to reduce the idle time there. So it's going to let you know, okay, someone's waiting for you right now. If you are able to hop onto this, that's probably the best use of your time, whether it's in the PR stage, either you're being requested for a change or you're being requested for a review. Now, the other thing that it's going to do for developers is actually reduce some cognitive load. 
So a lot of the time as a developer, you have all these different things that you need to do. Assign, you have assignments, you're trying to keep track of what's going on with your project management work, your code, what's going out, what's not going out. And so when you do get the Linear B notification, it will actually correlate the Git related information. So like your branch or your PR with the project itself. Let's say that you're using Jira. It will put the actual issue name in there so you can say to yourself, oh, okay, so this is the PR that someone's requesting changes for me on. It has to do with this bug. I can see that immediately, and it is, for example, a high-severity bug. Or if you're being asked for a review, it will give you the same piece of information, and it will actually tell you here's an estimate of how long this review will take. So let's say maybe you have a meeting coming up at the top of the hour and you've just kind of finished your code or your, your coding work and you have 15 minutes until that meeting. Worker B will say, hey, here's a PR that you can review. It will only take 10 minutes. That's a good one to do right now before your meeting starts. So it kind of reduces the thought processes and the context switching to optimize your time as a developer. It seems to me Worker B must be doing some sort of prediction there to come up with the 15 minutes. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on in the background to identify the right unit of work to send at the right time? So it is doing, I'll use the buzzword, a little bit of machine learning stuff. So it will take a look at a few things. Of course, how big is this PR? How many changes are in the PR? What are the types of changes? Is it new code being added, code being removed, code being changed? So we call that like rework or refactoring. It will say how it will look at how many files is the PR spread over. It will also look at the repository itself and look at past review times from your engineering organization as a whole and say, okay, this is what we've kind of learned from your reviews in the past. And with all of that information, here's what we would predict the review time will take. So it's got some intelligence to it behind the scenes. I've been in some organizations where the PR review process is very arduous, probably for good reason, you know, uh, software where success is absolutely critical. And I've been in other organizations where they really, really want to minimize cycle time, move fast and break things. How does that adapt in those two very different environments? Yeah, it's a good question. It's always a balance, right? And so, you know, a lot of also, which we haven't really gotten into as much, but some of the things that Linear B is doing behind the scenes have to do with quality. So we'll look at the rework rate of the code. It will look at your bugs. Sometimes, you know, like you say, engineering organizations do want to move fast and maybe, you know, break things. But I think it, at the end of the day, we don't want to break things in production. And so some other things that this bot will do is say, hey, you know, this PR, it did get a review, but it only, you only gave a few pieces of uh, feedback back to the developer. And it was under your average. So here's your average amount of feedback, your average amount of comments. And this one was a little bit under. Are you okay with that? So it kind of takes a look, it learns, it sees what's going on of what is normal for your organization. I know every organization is a little bit different. And it will, it will let you know, is it under, over, where, where do you stand? Gotcha. 
And I know you'd mentioned some of the integrations. Maybe I've got a ticketing system like Jira, and that can integrate. I've got a source control system like GitHub, which can be integrated. So there's the opportunity here for Worker B to pull from all these data sources and have a pretty good picture of my business. But it seems like there's always some dark spots here. I don't know if you will know when somebody takes an unexpected sick day. Are there any challenges in calculating some of these metrics that just do to uh, that have to do with the normal noise of human beings working? You know, I think if you're kind of looking at the metrics on a day-to-day basis, there can be some of that. But what I've seen kind of the best engineering leaders do, you're looking at these team-based metrics over a longer period of time. Look at it for at least an iteration or a few iterations. Understand over a period of time where you're having bottlenecks. And what I, I've found from our customer base is a lot of that stuff, the natural human, yeah, I'm going to take uh, time off, I'm going to go on vacation, it kind of normalizes out for your organization. So, you know, kind of the lesson there is look at these end-to-end team-based metrics, look at them over somewhat of a significant period of time. You know, I, I'm not someone that wants to dive into a metric every single day because that's where you'll get some of those, you know, outliers as your, your team is doing different things on a day-to-day basis. We've talked about the developer experience and the development manager. Are there any other personas like a product or project manager that gain benefits from, linear, from working with Worker B? Yeah. The other persona that we kind of hone in on is would be kind of your head of engineering, usually a VP of engineering or a CTO, maybe a director of engineering if they have a large team under them. We have an area that we relate back to business alignment or projects, call it projects. So these are projects that are going to be delivered over many iterations, significant you know amount of time, maybe a few months. And they're made up of epics or maybe, you know, if you're using Jira, Jira boards. And so we have an area of Linear B that will actually tell you, okay, here's all the projects that you have going on right now. Here's how much effort from an engineering standpoint is going to each project. You can ask yourself the question, is that the amount of effort that I want on that project? Is it too much on project A versus project B? Do I kind of want to change the weight? And when I say effort, it's like the amount of development or the amount of developers that are working on that project. And we'll also show you things like what type of work is really going on in that project. Is it new value for customers? Is it back-end, scalable, non-functional work? Is it urgent bugs that maybe you don't want to uh, have happening? And we'll also tell you, you know, lastly, how is the project going? Is it going to deliver on time? Are you meeting your iteration deadlines? And so if I swing that all the way back to Worker B, that Worker B dev tool, so if you're a VP and a CTO, you get this nice project view, a nice project overview. But if your developers are all using Worker B, you'll actually see that your project will deliver more frequently on time. We have more bandwidth to do new functionality. So Usually, CTOs and VPs really appreciate Worker B for their developers because more stuff gets done at the end of the day. With access to all these metrics, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that one of those CTOs now finally had observability and got something insightful here and maybe wanted to make organizational changes or strategy changes. Do you hear any stories from the field like that about use cases where people have taken these insights and really made sweeping changes from what they learned? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I usually see is when you have a VP or a CTO, if they're kind of new to our space, you know, in engineering productivity, or they haven't had a tool like Linear B before, first and foremost, they don't know where the bottlenecks are in their organization. So when they look at Linear B, it might be the first time that they're saying, oh, it's actually our pull request process that's really slowing everyone down. Or they might look at it and say, actually, our pull request process and our review process, that's actually really efficient. But once the code gets merged and then gets waiting for deploy, that's actually where our bottleneck is. So usually there's a little bit of a a shock or they might have an intuition but not know how bad the problem really is. We had a customer, Illuminate Education. Some of their bottlenecks was in the pull request area. And they actually, you know, deployed Worker B and started using some of these Slack alerts. They decreased their cycle time by, I think it was like 71% or 75%. So if you can kind of do some of these small teams, let's get everyone using Worker B, let's understand where the bottleneck is, that's when you see kind of the biggest gains. I can see where these, this as a tool and these metrics can really help with productivity in those regards. Do you see a role for Worker B when it comes time to do a performance review? Is there a score that's a contributor to something about the performance of employees? Here's the thing that I've learned and kind of the culture that we go for at Linear B. Linear B is not a performance review tool. People don't use Linear B to grade an engineer or to decide on a bonus or even really say exactly where an engineer, you know, can improve. I, I don't think that's a good use of metrics in general. So what people do do with Linear B for the developers, like we've been saying with Worker B, at the end of the day, it just saves them time. Save me time during my day, get my work out to production. And when you are looking at metrics from an engineering leader standpoint, it should always be team-based metrics, not metrics about an individual developer. That's why I really like a metric like cycle time for example, because it's measuring how the team is performing. It's a team-based effort to go from code creation to deploy. It's not just one developer. So my advice, you know, if you are going to use metrics, I, I don't advise using them for anything that has to do with engineering performance. What you need to do is put something in the hands of your developers that will actually help them on the day-to-day and then use metrics at the organization or a team-based level. For a busy team that's got a lot on their roadmap, but is curious about setting up a tool like this, what's the installation procedure like? So far, it's been like really, really simple. So if you wanted to do, you know, set it up for yourself, you can just go to linearb.io and you can sign up for free for one team. All it will do is, you know, connect to the Git APIs and your project APIs and your, you know, chat platform APIs. Setup usually takes five minutes. So you might think that it's, oh, this is going to be like a big setup. It's really not. So a few clicks of a button and you you can get started on your own. Some of the bigger organizations, they want us to do kind of a walkthrough with them. So we'll, we'll offer that as well. But I like it when people just get started in a few minutes. Once you're installed into my Slack and the other integrations that uh, I'm going to use, what's the onboarding process like for the team to get comfortable with the tool and fully up to speed using it? So far, yeah, it's been really fairly smooth. You know, we'll do something if you are, it it depends on the size of your organization. You know, some of the customers that we have have, you know, 500 engineers. Other ones are coming on for free for themselves, you know, eight engineers or less and everywhere in between. So 
I would just say there's kind of two versions of it. If you're coming on to Linear B and you're signing up for free or, or maybe you're, you're deciding to upgrade, you can do most of it on your own. You can roll worker B out on your own. You can look at your metrics on, on your own. They automatically populate. Now, we do offer some sessions. We will do a tech talk, a worker B workshop with your engineering team if you would like. And if you're a little bit bigger of an organization, those are the ones that kind of want to go through our full Linear B adoption program. We will do a program where we'll talk to your engineering leadership, do a few sessions there. We'll do a team leader training to start looking at some of the metrics that are good for them. And then we'll join like a tech talk for 15 minutes and do a, a worker B rollout session just to help push it along a little bit. So you're gathering the data in Slack. Where do I go to get the reporting and analytics? The worker B side of it is all in Slack, like you, you've said. And for all the reporting and analytics for the team leaders or for, for the head of engineering, it's just a SaaS platform at LinearB.io. So you'll actually, you know, it'll be in your browser and you'll have all these different screens of reports and projects. How is each team doing? How are we performing on our iteration and when you look across all your customers, do you see any commonalities? Are, are different groups all sharing the same bottlenecks? No. So I, I'll tell you one commonality that I do see across a lot of our customer base. A lot of these are elite engineering teams or want to be elite engineering teams. They're usually companies that are developing a product kind of on a rapid basis for their customer base. They're engineering organizations where the company is relying on them to do a great job. So that's like kind of one common characteristic. It's always in engineering organizations that really cares about best practices, being the best that they can be, want to help their developers continuously improve, want like care about helping their developers save time. So it's usually these engineering teams that are really thoughtful about how to be a great engineering organization. And in terms of bottlenecks, I think I've said it a few times throughout, it's usually the PR process, to be honest, because a lot of that is where the code is getting passed off. You're waiting for someone else. They might be working on something. That's where, you know, I think just in that pass-off process is where a lot of that idle time happens or there's not tight processes there. And we saw that spike up a little bit once teams went remote, probably because you can't just tap someone on the shoulder anymore, any longer. It's more of that asynchronous work style. So that's one of the areas that we typically see is a bottleneck. I learned about the DORA metrics from the, lin uh, from the Linear B blog. Could you uh, unpack that acronym and maybe walk us through how some of those are insightful things an organization should be looking at? Yeah. Um, so yeah, DORA was a research team. And so they kind of did like a study of what metrics can describe the health of a software delivery pipeline. And there's a few of them. So one of them is cycle time, which we talked about, which measures how efficiently do we go from coding on a branch until release to production. So that's one of the door metrics. Another one is deployment frequency, which measures how often are we deploying code? And hopefully it's small ch chunks of code. You want to be deploying many, many times. A third one that we track there is mean time to restore. People call it MTTR. That's when we have an issue in production. How quickly are we able to respond and bring that service back to life? And the fourth metric that the DOOR team found out, it's called change failure rate, which essentially says something like, 
if we're deploying 10 times in a week or 10 times in a day, how often is there a failure in prod after we deploy? So it's like failures per deployment. And all of these were, are, are actually tracked in the Linear B platform. You can get them all out of the box. And when you plug in Git, your CICD system, and your project management tool, this stuff will actually automatically populate and, and trend for you. I was curious if we could unpack some of these, maybe the change failure rate or one of your other favorites. What's a typical value that an organization has? You're going to see all different types of times for these. So if we unpack cycle time, you know, I've seen values up to, you know, 15 days of how long it takes to go from coding to release to production, actually even more than that. But what I see kind of really elite teams are doing with, with cycle time, it definitely you definitely want it to be a week or less. Like you, you don't want to be working on a piece of code for more than a week and not have it go out to production because that's going to be a really long feedback loop for your developers. So you definitely want to get that under seven days. On the deployment frequency side, I see kind of the most elite teams, they're releasing every day, maybe multiple releases per day. And on the MTTR, I think that one, you know, change is pretty variable. It depends if you're tracking, you know, severity zero issues or severity one issues. But severity, like SEV zero, like the, the system is down, you know, a restore time within an hour. Yeah, if there's any uh, of those that you want to dive into more, that's kind of the, the most common metrics I, I've seen and, and where you want to be. Yeah, that's helpful. For a growing team, uh, what's the right size when they should be picking up Worker B? Honestly, we have teams that are like eight or less that utilize Worker B. The cool thing about Worker B is since it's for any individual developer, you could be, you know, a team of five people and get value out of Worker B. All you, all you kind of have to ask yourself is, are we at the size that we need to communicate together as an engineering team in order to get code out to production? So we've seen teams from five to eight people utilize Worker B. And then, like I was saying, like teams like 500 plus utilizing Worker B. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on the famous uh, two pizzas rule that I think uh, Jeff Bezos defined at Amazon, that uh, any project or product or segment of the company that's doing some singular thing, it should be a team size no bigger than what you can feed with two pizzas. I think maybe that's everyone's favorite quote. I, I've heard that so many times. Yeah, I think there's some truth to it because I, I do think like if you kind of break down the essence behind it, it's kind of saying, let's not get the team too big where everyone doesn't like know each other pretty well and everyone doesn't know their roles, right? If we're really working on a, a product that we're all obsessive about delivering the best, like making the coolest product, the best product for our customers, let's make sure it's kind of this tight knit team. And the reason for that if we're going back to the, the metrics, is the cycle time. We have to make sure that we're iterating super fast. We have to make sure that we're utilizing micro feedback loops. So we're getting feedback on what we do. We're putting things out to production quickly. And I have seen that teams, you know, maybe the size of eight to 10 are able to do that more predictively than if the team kind of bloats and there's too many people on it. 
Do you think that's sort of a, a natural limit of just human interaction, or can productivity tools like Worker Bee maybe turn it into the three pizza rule or something along those lines? Yeah, there's a there's a little bit bit of the, I think the natural human limit. I know I know that there's some some type of limit that maybe is bigger than two pizzas. I will say that with Worker Bee, I think the thing that it, it's doing great for the world right now is allowing to developers to to work remotely. So not really saying, okay, let's make our, you know, one scrum team, for example, like 30 engineers. That's I, I don't think it will do something as much to help there. It might. But what I think one thing that it does really, really well is you can have some people working in Europe and some people working in India and some people working in different areas of the U.S. or some people working just different hours. It kind of keeps everybody in sync to allow that work flexibility. That's where one area that I've really seen it shine. I believe you guys were live before the pandemic. I'm curious, does that, as such a major change to remote work, does it show up in your data? Yeah, the area that it shows up, because we actually did a data study on it, like we, we did like a little data science report based on our community. A few things happen. One is that the review process got longer and also coding time increased. So the amount of time that I'm spending coding increased and the PR sizes got longer. So I think it's kind of like, I'm a developer, I have more time, maybe I'm coding a little bit longer, I don't have someone right there ready to review. Those are some of the spikes that we saw early in the pandemic. And then, you know, if you're utilizing Linear B or a tool like Worker B or Worker B itself, you know, regardless of, okay, we're all working from home, you'll see more of a steady state. You won't see spikes if there's behavior change within, you know, the surrounding environment like the pandemic. And with regard to the distinction between Worker B, the Slack bot, and Linear B, the company, and I guess platform, if you will, are there any aspects of your services we haven't covered? No, it's actually one service that we offer it all together. So there's kind of three main pillars to the service. One of the pillars is called Worker B, and what we, you know, we kind of name it internally is your workflow automation. Does every developer have something or a little friend or a little bot that's helping them get their code out to production? So that's one thing you'll get from the platform. The second thing that you'll get from the platform is pipeline observability. That's where we're talking about is, do you know where there's a bottleneck in your software delivery pipeline? Do you know where your cycle time is slow? And do you have you know metrics that show that? And the third thing is around the business alignment. How are your projects progressing? Are they going to deliver on time? And so we, we've covered each one of these, but you actually get all of them with the platform together in a single package. Makes sense. And when you think about your roadmap, where are the opportunities to keep evolving the product? I think the biggest thing that we've learned since you know founding Linear B three years ago is we want to stay obsessive with helping the developer. Just having metrics and things like that, I mean, it, it's nice, but it will only go so far. So things that we want to do to help the developer a little bit more, for example, is if they're creating a branch, automatically hook it up to a JIRA ticket or a project management ticket for them. Don't make them go and change the branch name to associate it with a ticket 
just send them a little message. Hey, can I do this for you? I know it's a really boring task. Let's let worker B do that for you. Also give them a little bit more insight into their code as it's running in production. Hey, we know this is your code. Here's the performance of it. Here's how many people have interacted with it. Is it doing well? Is it not doing well? And some of the other things that we've been thinking about is maybe, you know, extending Worker B so it goes into the IDE. So there's a little bit more real time while a developer is coding. And so, you know, a lot of what's going on in our roadmap is more innovation to save more time and make developers happier. Very cool. Well, we've done the getting started story, but for listeners who think now might be the right time, uh, where should they go to check out Worker B? Yeah, all you got to do is go to linearb.io and you'll see kind of a sign up free button and, you know, just push that and you'll be on your way. Awesome. And Dan, before I let you go, I'd love to talk a little bit about your own podcast, Dev Interrupted. What can listeners expect to find when they tune in? <laughs> yeah, Dev Interrupted. So yeah, that's my pod. It's a pretty awesome pod. We have a lot of engineering leaders from what I would consider elite engineering organizations come on. So we've had like the director of productivity for engineers at Netflix. We've had the VP of engineering of GitHub. We've had the CTO of GitLab. And at the end of the day, what you're going to learn is how do you become a better engineering leader? What are the most interesting minds in the world of engineering doing with their teams to increase efficiency and quality and developer happiness. So if you tune into Dev Interrupted, that's the type of tips or feedback that you'll be getting. We are hosting our first Dev Interrupted conference called Interact, which will be September 30th. And you can go to devinterrupted.com to register for free. Very beneficial for engineering leaders. And for example, we have the VP of engineering at Twitter coming on and giving some speaks. And we have some really interesting guests. So just letting everyone know that we have this Interact conference. And if you want to register, you can go to devinterrupted.com. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to come on Software Engineering Daily. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me on.